Well, good morning from Huntsville, Alabama. Yes, the Inglorious Pastards. It's 8.09 here. I don't know where it is where you are, but we are having a great day. Whoa, so whoa, 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 what's that we're having a great day? <laughs> well, Roger's having computer problems, and I'm laughing because of his computer problems, but so, we're So Bruce is having a great day. Roger's computer, his laptop, has decided, well, your wireless hardware is just not going to work anymore, so have fun with that. Well, you know, there is this thing in Scripture and in the well, world. Well, you're not going to... About okay, spiritualize collective this. Collective responsibility. Okay. So, in that sense, our laptop is not working as well today. Thankfully, <laughs> So, why are you so happy? <laughs> I have a laptop that works, so thinking in the collective, we're having a great day. We, we're, us, would be having a bad day if both of our computers were down. You see the difference? So, can help I... Help me help you help me help us. Can I use your computer then today to do my eBay work? Nope. Nope, because <laughs> what, I've... What just happened to the Wii? <laughs> well, Wii Wii! There's no Wii in team. <laughs> yes. So, uh, no, I've got... I'm sorry about that. I am. Hey, but there are super important things to talk about that are not in Scripture today. That are not in scripture today. <laughs> that are not in scripture today. You ready? What if Aaron Rodgers came to the Denver Broncos? Well. That I'm sorry, that would just make me super happy. Here's here's the thing that solves for him. Number one, he doesn't have to go through Tom Brady just to get to the Super Bowl. He would have to get through Patrick Mahomes three times because they would be in the same, you know, conference. Correct. They would be in the same division. But by the way, but by the way, I've heard. That, again, all the scuttlebutt is that he'd like that. This is the chance. So the, the well, sure. Well, the speculation has been, with Mahomes coming on the scene, the Rodgers brand as best quarterback kind of got shifted to second place. And then they did that State Farm commercial together, and Patrick <laughs> got all the props with that thing. All of a sudden... That was sort of the beginning of the end. For, but here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers probably got four good years in him. Yep. At, at Denver, we've been up in our defense again, up in our defense again. I'm like, we get an Aaron Rodgers? Oh, good gosh, yes. All of a sudden, we're in, well, we're in playoff contention, whether we would get there or not. But No, you would, would get, no. The, with the team that the Broncos have right now, um, not but, even your coach could well, keep yeah, them out the of the playoffs. The problem is we didn't draft a new coach. <laughs> That's... No, if you got Aaron Rodgers, that would I'd be um, huge. Right. It, and it would I would actually watch my team again. <laughs> Instead of just reading about it the next day. I, I got him to a bad habit of not watching the Broncos. I just read about it the next day because, well, frankly it was disappointing to watch. You know, and if <laughs> heaven forbid they won, I was like, Oh well, that's just cool. You know, I could watch some highlights or something. But that so I just Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, I I had wanted to talk to you about that. I hadn't realized you know the podcast it might come up but it's very well i was out in the wilderness all weekend with people watching the draft so right. I mean, they're all about the draft now, this is 15 oh, guys so okay every time they'd get signal on top of them out they're going oh round, uh, round two they just picked up blah 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 and i'm like who did denver get and they're like a running back i'm like 
a running back, you know. And then I think in free agency, we picked up Teddy Bridgewater, which is sort of a bridge gap. In case, I like that bridge. In case <laughs> Drew Locke, or when Drew Locke doesn't Goes work underwater. out. Goes underwater. Right. <laughs> We're going to need a bridge. But they might have been thinking already, hey, it, 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 why get a bridge when we can get a plane ride with Aaron Rodgers? Well, this was actually part of the speculation of... Why they didn't take a quarterback. Why they didn't take a quarterback. Uh, and then the Patriots get Mac Jones. I'm Mac like, Jones. Do people realize how good he is? No, no. <laughs> but, Doesn't have enough arms. No, that's the blah, thing. Blah, the blah, classic blah. thing is right. If you're just looking at, it's like everyone now has to be compared to a Patrick Mahomes right. or a Deshaun Watson. That that's that's where everything's going. But the last I checked, literally, five of the last Super Bowls have been engineered by an immobile quarterback <laughs> who made great defensive reads mm -hmm. and was very accurate and mm -hmm. got the ball out quickly. So yep. so Brady Aaron Rodgers <laughs> I'm on back on that Dre. Well Aaron has all now he can do all oh, the yeah. I mean he he's got Accuracy, all the throws. Super fast throw. He's got the um but yes I think Mac Jones for what the Patriots Oh I think it's a break have thing. done for the last twenty years I think he works out very well for right. them. So, I, yes, I feel very good that they got movement. And honestly, I like Cam. You know, he had everything yeah. going against him this last year. Yep. Honestly, that should be a fascinating quarterback comp and kind of challenge it because I think Cam could have a really good year in him. And, of course, that can push Mac. But anyway, that's a, that's a fascinating... That's a better problem to have if that's the case. Right. You know, two quarterbacks having a really great year, and you've got to decide which to use. And if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, I think Bridgewater <laughs> did have a, a good year at the was it the Vikings. So Correct. he's smarter now. He's got another year under his belt. No, um, there's a lot to like about Bridgewater. Right. He's, we'll see. Right. I I think he is a starting level. Well, yeah, well he has. Right. He, has he has started, started. and and. Played well as a so starter. If, so if Denver's defense is great, and he can make the offense move, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be, you know, huge plays. Aaron Rodgers is that guy that can just make... Right. I mean, he can be a huge play at any time. I think that's the other reason the Raiders are in play for him, you know, because they're that big play kind of right. team. And it seems that the marriage between Derek Carr and the coach is not as yummy as it once was. <laughs> your challenge is your division, which, again... Oh, gosh, I know. So good. Chargers getting better, drafted well. Um, but here's the thing: if you can beat good teams, you can go into the playoffs and beat playoffs and beat good teams. Oh yeah. So I mean, in that sense, it's good to have you know stiff competition, and we shall see. I'm kind of interested in the NFL this year. <laughs> you know, after a weird last year. Oh gosh, last year was weird. It was just. Right. Did Tom Brady win another Super Bowl? He, he did. That's just weird. With so a different he, team, right, which was just my weird moment of. Yeah, the Patriots weren't winning a Super Bowl, but I sort of had fun watching yeah. Tom win. Yep. So. Roger's a big Bucks fan now. So, yeah, so what else are we talking about today, Rog? <laughs> hey, by the way, we're picking up listeners in different places because I keep getting emails. Beyond France? Beyond France. Uh, we, I don't think we've picked up Yemen yet. <laughs> but beyond France, I, I keep getting interesting emails even from some of my Born to be Wild hikers. That I don't even know that they're listening to us, but they are. And of course, everywhere I go, I tell them about the Inglorious Pastors. I'm sure you're doing the same on your eBay site regularly. 
there's not <laughs> there's no way of doing that. You don't have a little logo in the bottom that says Inglorious Bastards? I don't. I do somewhere on my screen. <laughs> I just can't see it right now. Maybe it's when the video plays. You see it in the lower right hand corner. The you know, our logo that we spent so much time on last year. <laughs> I trying remember. to get it. I mean it was this time last year we're trying to go to Florida. We weren't sure if we could go to Florida. Florida was shut down. No, it's open. No, it's shut down. No, it's open. No, it's shut down. It was kind of a back and forth. I think right now, right now it's wide open. It is wide open. <laughs> I think the governor just said, yeah. you can do Let's anything go. you want. We are ready to We're have an economy. We're going to be freer than even we were before the pandemic. Lick the doorknobs, people. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> yeah. So I we're going to Florida this year, which is good. Very excited about that. Right. And we'll have our Florida episode March 26th, I think. That'd be May, are you thinking? May 26th. <laughs> Gosh, this year's gone fast. <laughs> Can you believe it's May already? It's May right now. Right. It's Mother's Day this weekend. It is. Going up to see Mom. Uh, did you get her anything? <clears throat> I... That's a secret. I... Maybe I shouldn't say, because what if mom's listening right now? I would... The chances I, are... I did get a thing. I I did. So that's very exciting. I talk, talked to her last night, and I told her I was coming up, and I was bringing fried okra, and they said the entire will is going to me. I called her immediately <laughs> following that and said, I'm bringing smoked brisket, and I'd like the house. <laughs> She said, not a problem. We owe $300,000 on it. <laughs> right. You get the house and the mortgage. <laughs> well, anymore, that's not a bad thing. I get the checking account. Seller's market. Go figure. So, um, there's that. Yeah. Did you notice anything else different about me today? Um, you are sunburned. <laughs> I probably am a little sunburned from it. No, my hair is deciding to part the other way now. It's deciding to go the other way. So you know what I'm doing wisely? I'm just going with it. Okay. You want to go that way? Fine. I'll just wow. But it's weird because I'm not used to doing my hair with my left hand. It's not as dexterous. You're telling me your hair has changed direction? It's changed direction. It's going that way now. It used to go that way. And I could just, you know, do this number. Now it's that way. It's a whole different thing. So there's that. Yeah, see, the whole computer thing has thrown me off. Uh, in terms of... Why don't I start? <laughs> so, here's what I know for sure. You were probably reading your Bible this morning. I was. Because you always are, and I never am. And <laughs> because you're cussing your computer out. <laughs> right. Well, this morning, uh, I... <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, that's good. Uh, my computer is now telling me our connection is unstable. Please wait while we try reconnecting. It can't be more unstable than we are. No, that's true. That's uh, unstable in all our ways right now. No, so it, well, I thought we might talk about collective responsibility today. Okay. So in America, you know, we've grown up with an understanding and mindset really of individual responsibility in terms of good, bad, right, wrong, taking care of yourself, all of that kind of stuff. But then, you know, I was praying this morning, and, and this is something I learned from Jesus and you about the, the Lord's Prayer being such a collective prayer. Yeah. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Lead us away from temptation. I mean, all of those us's. It's a very 
It's a very collective prayer. So I've begun praying collectively. But then I'm reading Jesus this morning, and he talks about the religious leaders that are basically rejecting him. You know, he's healing people, heaven forbid, on the Sabbath day. <laughs> Wouldn't mm -hmm. want to do anything good on the Sabbath day. And he says these things that we don't even understand how angry it made people, but he sort of just changed their whole law. He said, it is lawful. I'm just setting a whole new tone here. It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he says this. They're like, well, you give us some sort of miraculous sign so you can prove that you have the ability, you have the right to change mm -hmm. law. And he said, well, a wicked sign, I mean, a wicked generation, generation asked for a sign. He said, I'll give you the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights, so I'll be in the heart, the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth. Mm -hmm. And then he says this, and this is what I want to talk about. I tell you the truth, on the day of judgment, the, the men of Nineveh will, will, will stand up with this generation, it's interesting, with this generation and condemn you because of your unbelief. They preached at, I mean, they repented at the preaching of Noah, and then Jesus says, and someone greater than, no, not Noah, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many O's. Someone greater than Jonah is here. Then he, he, he follows that to say, and the queen of the south, the queen of Sheba, will stand up with this generation and condemn it, because she, she went from the, she, she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and someone greater than Solomon is here. And it just started making me think of, all right, we think of judgment as a single person standing before God in, in I want to be judged for you know, my life, good, bad, all that. Mm -hmm. And yet Jesus speaks of these collective judgments. Even when you get to Matthew 25, he talks about sheep and goats. He says he's going to gather the nations. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and of course, that includes individuals. So I was just wondering how much of American culture, which is very independent, very individualistic. How much have we? How much do we even think about collective responsibility? Well, it, it, it's a fascinating. What is clear is that there is a. We grow up with narratives. We grow up with yes. ideas about the way the world works, and they are influenced by our subculture or small culture, small culture that but the larger culture we're part of and there's a heavily individualistic ethos narrative in the american story even that you know we whether it's the pull yourself out by your own bootstraps it's it's up to me we don't have a strong sense of we there's a very right. strong sense of me yeah. i'm responsible um and what I saw growing up in the church, even as, as we looked at Scripture, the lens we looked through, one of the rose-colored lens that we yeah. looked at Scripture through was highly individualistic. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it caused us to miss multiple places in the Bible that suggest collective responsibility. That, right. That... that um, <clears throat> And I do think we resist that, but I think you miss some critical things in the scripture when you just focus in on, it's just my responsibility for God, I'm not responsible for <clears throat> anybody else, um, and I'm, it's on, I, I'm only responsible for my 
We're fine. I, Choices. I, 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 we're hoping that my computer is recording all this, whether it's live or not. Hopefully, it's just it's still just. <laughs> Oh, okay. Which is good. <laughs> you just keep going right our along. Our technology is... collectively, our <laughs> our technology is unstable today on so many levels. It is. So, what do you think the limits to collective responsibility might might be? In other words, I even think about when I when I thought about the little chick publication that showed the guy with his whole life being shown on the big screen, and it was just him before God and all, all of that. And I remember thinking, how awful would that be? You know, everything that I've, every bad thing that I've ever done, wrong thought, whatever, is put, you know, is kind of put on the big screen for all to see. And then there was that, you know, that individual, is he in the, is this person in Lamb's Book of Life? So I'm just wondering, I don't know the answer to this, but, you know, what is the limit to collective responsibility? What is the truth to individual responsibility? Uh, if I live in a culture that promotes oppression and do nothing about that, am I collectively responsible, even if I'm not individually oppressing right. well, anyone? Well, that is huge. Um, and I think there is a biblical answer for that. Or I think there's... Uh, because, again, our understanding typically, or the lens through which we... Yep. If I didn't... Um, as long as I'm not abusing someone, I'm not doing the wrong thing. I have no responsibility for God. But the prophets, in, in, interestingly, in the Old Testament, yep. would talk about things that were going on in the culture. So he's chiding the people and saying, the poor are being screwed in the courts. And the, 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 the strangers, the immigrants, um, the, the... You have laborers going without wages. Right. So here's the thing. And, and this is, here it's not just, he's speaking, this is a word to the people. And again, our individual con, construct will look and say, well, again, okay, so he's just talking to um, the people individually. But essentially, even when you look at, let's go to Sodom, okay, and you have Ezekiel speaking, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She was arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned for the poor. It's not talking about individual people. It's it's the city. There was it's a collective the, responsibility. <clears throat> there was a collective responsibility, which raises the question, was every single person in that city doing that? No. No, but the whole city was judged. Yep. And the prophets yep. would go would go to Israel and say with strong words of warning, these things are going on and you're doing nothing about them. The idea is that you have responsibility for things that are going on in your culture, that are going on in your city. You might say, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm aware of it. Right. But, and even in our heart of hearts, I think at some point we start understanding, it's not just, do I have any responsibility? If I see, if I see a man beating up a woman, and I walk away and right. do nothing, I think almost understand. Wait a second, it's not that I can just stand before God or any other person and say, "Wait a sec, I wasn't, I wasn't beating her. I, <laughs> I just walked away and acted like." No, I, I think we understand 
there is a responsibility, and I think God's pretty clear with and, every and, responsibility. And, and even that collective responsibility, when it becomes <laughs> when it becomes an individual responsibility, I was even reading from the from the trial, the George Floyd trial, talked about the young lady who filmed the you know the the nine minutes of yes. them being killed. Yep. Wondered if it was the right thing to do to be filming and not stopping right. that from happening. And I realized, gosh, there's a lot of tension there. I'm yes. so glad she filmed that, what she, what she did. Right. I, it's important. But I also can imagine, hey, at what point do I just jump in there and say, stop it? You know, and, right. or... I... Because in, in that moment, she was feeling the tension of individual responsibility in a collective moment. Right. Which is what we should feel more of. And... It's where even the scriptures will point to things that we we didn't do. Um, we didn't act on. There was a thing going on. Yep. There, there's, um, I think, um, e <laughs> there's, there's so much. My brain is going so many different places. I was listening to, and Let's I thought... Let's give Roger some time to get his brain back. <laughs> this was a... A helpful where I was listening to Tim Keller and uh -huh. he was talking about this whole thing of responsibility and he was talking I've about to his talk on collective responsibility okay oh, that's good in so where he, he was talking about, you know we, again if you just see um, that your only responsibility before God or men is what I'm doing or not doing that you're missing that evil systems that evil practices depend on everyone taking their role in the system. So his example was, it's a strong example, but it at least makes the point. So in the Holocaust, you have the extermination right. of millions of Jews going on. <clears throat> you had a number of things that were leading up to that, where there was beginning to be clear prejudice against, clear abuse of, clear injustice. We're talking about even before the camps yes. where <clears throat> their shops began, the Jewish shops began to be closed down. So they're cut out of the business world they're, and all these things begin happening over. And then you start moving to, <clears throat> was it in that system? You've got all different people that are playing their parts. You have people who are building the gas chambers. You have people that are building the concentration camps that are building the killing mechanisms. He said, but then you also have soldiers who are just doing their job, right? Yep. The government says you've got to do this. And so, well, we're just doing our job. So for the system work, those people have to be there. He said, then you have people who know what's going on. They know what's, that, that what's happening but they're not going to do anything about it. They're just going to continue on life as usual. They said, then you have another group of people who suspect something may be going on. They've heard word, they've gotten wind, whatever, but they, they decide not to explore it further, which I could <laughs> clearly see myself in that category. And Tim Keller ended up talking about a place at a pastor he had in Virginia, mm. where that was the case for him. Yep. He had an idea that there was a thing related to African Americans going on in his city, mm -hmm. um, a form of uh, cutting them out of a part of the pie. And 
he said, I just didn't look into it further. At a certain point, I didn't. Yep. But his point was, for the system to work, all of those people have to be playing their roles. All of those people. And part of his point is, there's then responsibility. If we just say, it's just the person who pushed the button in the gas chamber. Or it's, or it's just the person <coughs> who ordered the pushing of the button, right. Hitler. In that case, that that's responsible. Right. Nobody else is responsible. And I, here, I, here's here's the question we have to wrestle with. However strong and a story that is, um, is it is God only concerned with? Is He only concerned with? Thank God, you weren't the one pushing the button. In our own American context, is God's only concern? Thank God, you weren't the one who owned slaves. Although for an slavery system to work, okay, you had people owning the slaves, right? And abusing the slaves and the and so you might know that okay, I'm not owning a slave, right? Uh, but I I know practices that are going on. I know that slaves are not allowed to be taught to read. I know that all of these things are going on. I also know hmm. that our economy is hugely, our lifestyle and economy is hugely impacted on slave labor. In fact, I know that if slave labor were to go away, um, our economy as we know it would take an enormous hit. Are we saying, again, this is the question before God, is God's only concern, well, you didn't own the slaves. Um, you didn't push the button. And even today, if we say, Oh, there may be, if we say, I'm not the person who's charging exorbitant interest uh, to the poor. I'm not the one, I'm not the prosecuting attorney that is sending far more black men and women, uh, prosecuting more cases than white. I'm not, that could be going on, but I have no responsibility. It's hard to make that case in light of the words of the prophets, where they would challenge, these things are going on, God's not happy, I'm not interested in your sacrifices, yep. I'm not, because you are neglecting the poor, you are, this is what's happening in your court systems. And again, how many people is he talking to that are actually working in the court system? No, he's saying, he, calling them out, you're responsible. And I think it's why Isaiah, or why, <clears throat> I think it was Isaiah, who could then, on the flip side of it, pray on behalf, confess on behalf of, we have not. Yeah, sins. We have not. And as God has brought this more to my mind, I found myself confessing our sins. Um, just like Jesus taught us, yeah. you know, I, forgive us our sin. For, <laughs> he taught us to pray that. Forgive right. us our sins. So I find myself... God, yep. forgive us our sins, even if some of them, not got plenty of my own, but even some of them are not ones I'm actively involved with. I've been, I've been grieving over and confessing the sins of the church. God, we're losing our heart. It just looks like we're, our compassion. Yep. I, have mercy on us. Forgive us for our... Um, we're, we're making judgments about people. We're judging people's motives. We're, uh, and I know. I know there are many who would just push back. Oh my goodness, no, you no, that's not. 
again, not realizing how, how influenced we are by this individual idea. I only confess my sins. I'm only responsible yeah. for where I abuse or I do something in unjust. I think there's a lot of weight to Scripture that would suggest communal responsibility. And, and not simply what, I, I, I didn't do this, 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 this. Right. That was bad. But in the Matthew 25, you didn't do this, 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 that was right. good. Right. In other words, there's all these good things you should have been doing, whether that's caring for the poor or visiting those in prison or visiting the sick or welcoming the stranger, all those things. Because when we do that, we're doing that for Christ. So not only collective responsibility, national responsibility, but then I realized Jesus is, in my mind, introducing something that I think in Jewish culture was the norm, but different to us, generational responsibility. So when you read the Old Testament, there's a litany oh, yes. of a, a good generation and then a, a bad generation, often led by a you know bad king, and this whole generation kind of goes south. But then you know God raises up a new leader, and this generation does. It's just interesting. It's almost like it's generational responsibility in a season of time. Right. And so all I you know all I can be responsible for right now is the generation, the time, the season of time that I live in, and it, and it makes me ask the question: All right, am I doing? participating in the good that I ought to be doing in our generation. Because I do see a lot of problematic things in our generation, in, 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 in my time right. frame on the earth. And then, this whole thing of collective responsibility, um, where does, how does a person even determine what I would call then individual participation when there are so many collective wrongs? <laughs> I mean, when you're in a culture where just there's so many wrongs, it, how do you pick a lane? It, it's even Matthew 25, Jesus talks about multiple lanes of where you can help people. And I think that, that what the idea that Jesus was saying is, look for the marginalized, look for the vulnerable in your generation. I don't think it was just the sick, the poor, the imprisoned. I think it was saying on a larger level, who's the marginalized in your generation, in your culture? Who are the vulnerable? Who are the lonely? Who are the poor? Who are the outsiders? Who are the... And then it's like, oh my gosh, what lane do you pick? <laughs> Immigration rights? Uh, <coughs> racial, racial justice? Um, oppression of the poor? Whether that's in the courts or whether that's in the, the economic systems, mm -hmm. the finance systems? Yep, yep. So that's something I'm rest I just found myself wrestling with this morning. This generation will stand up on that day and continue. It, but, but you are, I mean, so there's this generation, but, but you know, the, there's this phrase in the scriptures, the sins of your fathers. And so you're at least brushing up against the question, what responsibility do I have for <clears throat> the sins of my family? Um, what do responsibility I have? Yeah. So even now, if you were to look at what responsibility do, let's say, people in Germany have for things related to the Holocaust 40, 50, 60, I mean, years ago, okay? So you've yeah. got, what's, what's the responsibility? So for us, now, what, what's fascinating to me is this. Because people will still, I read this in the last couple of weeks. I think there was a conversation here a few weeks back, you know, caught on tape, an officer talking to another officer and, you know, 
<clears throat> but a phrase I've heard more than, you know, I never owned slaves. So here's a conversation we're still having. So in America, um, years after the kidnapping and slavery, enslavement of African Africans occurred in our country, yeah. you have people today saying, I didn't own slaves. I didn't, so... <clears throat> And so this very strong push against this idea that we today have any responsibility. It's almost as if yeah. the, the idea is, okay, there was slavery. That probably wasn't great. Um, but again, I have no responsibility because not just I didn't own the slave, but that's also a, a different generation, right? Yeah. But the problem you run into is... The impact that um, of evil and sin down through the generations, and here's something that the scripture recognizes again. So even where you look and say, did, would we say that slavery, the enslavement, often accompanied by substantial abuse, um, holding back education, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, multiple kind of multiple things. Yeah. Um, would we say that has no impact on today? That have zero impact? Well, that really would be ridiculous. I mean, it's the idea to say that, okay, there's zero impact. It's as if saying that, you know, zero impact. <clears throat> today, Jews in Germany are not impacted in whatsoever by the fact that just a few decades ago, they were slaughtered, their stores were closed down, um, they were imprisoned. They were. It's not possible that any biases could right. have been handed down generationally, and even the even I, I see it in our city. I was driving through uh, day before yesterday, day before yesterday, just driving through North Huntsville after I had spent some time the week before in South Huntsville, and it really is two different worlds in terms of economies and right. and and even the kinds <laughs> of things that are built. In North Huntsville, like in our city, there's been a move. We've got to bring more economic opportunities to North Huntsville, which is which is a more predominantly black uh, area in our mm -hmm. in our city. And I realized they're like, and it's got to be something a little better than a Dunkin' Donuts and a church's chicken. You know, we, we we've got to bring. And I'm like, so generationally, I was when I look at like even a Costco and a Home Depot that they that they went into a North Huntsville mm -hmm. area and said we're gonna we're gonna locate here, which helps bring an economy into into that area. But anyway, those those. In other words, in our city, we're still experiencing the fallout from redlining that happened in the in the '60s and '70s and before. Right. It's still yep. affecting communities now in terms of right. home values, in terms of educational opportunities, right. and that that was from generations ago. So that's where I that's where I get in that. All right. So now, at what point does our generation say not only was that wrong, but we're going to do our part as a generation to bring reparation to that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna help solve that problem that was maybe right. even created by a different generation but it's not helpful if i just say i never redlined any homes right i wasn't a banker right i didn't i didn't own slaves right because then it's almost like saying i have zero responsibility right on anything from any of the repercussions from that wrong i don't right have to do anything about that and i think for a christian 
the question we have to ask <clears throat> is that's is that it's God God's take? I mean, is that what He's? I'm I have to wrestle with in the pages of Scripture, in the words of Jesus. Is there an understanding about collective responsibility? <clears throat> What's fascinating is there's a which is another thing we haven't really talked much about, but it's built. There's a very strong pattern of collective judgment. Very oh, strong yeah. pattern. Yeah. And in fact, <laughs> here's what we understand. The whole basis of Scripture goes back to an idea that we are responsible and held accountable for the sin of our forefather and foremother, Adam, Adam and Eve. Eve. <laughs> In other, words, yeah. in other words, so if you're going to look at... Right. We're at the we, per- we weren't negatively affected by that at all. <laughs> but... I had nothing to do with Eve biting the apple. But none, But many of us have had that feeling. Yeah. Because because it does... It's terribly unfair. No, it doesn't fit our individualistic... Mm. Here's the funny thing. When you, when you have this dissonance that you run into, when you run into, this doesn't fit the individualistic narrative. No. And I think at some point, it's still... for. For many, that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem right. But again, it's not just there. So here, based on what you are a sinner, it's this idea that sin has been passed on gener- generationally, that the in- that the decisions of the past do have an impact, that yes. God... But then you looked at, again, even through the page of Scripture, where I said, okay, Sodom... Um, is judged collectively. The prophets bring it, speaking judgment to the people collectively. Not saying, okay, now for, I know some of you aren't doing these things. I know some of you, you know, but it's the idea that you're going to go into captive, captivity because you, as a nation, this is, this have, is what's happening have, in your nation. Walked away from me. Even though they're individuals, who are not right? When you look at Daniel and his three friends, those were apparently God-fearing, right, good guys, that were that that were banished to a whole other place, Babylon, and of course God was still at work even in that. No, I was even thinking about even you know collective punishment. I thought about the sons of Korah getting you know the earthquake and getting sucked into it, and like some of those probably good guys. Well, but in, in other words, they weren't in agreement with their their fathers that were like, no, oh, we're. We're against Moses. They're like, no, I actually like Moses. He's a good fellow. Well, and collective you know, punishment. It's just interesting. Uh, Tim Keller raised the kind of painful, challenging story of Achan from the Old Testament. Um, so People lost their lives. Well, but so you know, basically setting the the table. Yeah. Um, they've conquered a country that, and God says, no pillaging. We're not taking, you're not taking, you're not stealing their stuff. You're not pillaging, whatever. Um, a warning, don't do that. But Achan decides he goes in and, you know, kind of going through the things and he takes some things, hides them away, tucks them away in his home. Um, and it's discovered that he did what God said not to do. Um, and his entire family is judged. His entire, and part of what even Tim Keller raised again is, is again a system. People can know things in the system or suspect things in the system. Um, so there can be people 
okay, we know this happened, it shouldn't have happened, but I didn't do it. I wasn't Aiken. So in our individualistic, it would be God's only concerned about Aiken. He's only concerned about the one who stole it. But he's not concerned about, did other family members know about it and not say anything? Did other family members participate in some way with it? Did fam? It's the whole thing of, okay, and I was thinking about even the judgment or the punishment before Aiken was found out. The people that lost their lives because they went up yeah. to this battle. Oh, gosh. And we're done. <laughs> this picture kind of... <laughs> that really sums up the whole thing. It's just, I don't... It's not even played back five times. It's doing itself. No one knows. No, but they lost that battle at AI. People lost their life. Good guys that hadn't done anything wrong. Lost their life in this battle because stupid head over here did that I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep this stuff so collectively other people in, in, in other words experienced the consequence of his sin right. and then his entire family was judged punished for his sin and then I would just when you, the way you said it did anyone else know it reminded me of this New Testament story in the early church of Ananias and Sapphira yeah where Ananias said I'm gonna do this thing and his wife since it knew about went it. Went along with it. Went along with it. And it, it went poorly for both of them. Yes, yeah, so I think it's... It, you're To maintain this absolute individual yep. accountability, I would, I would just say I would have some pause to just ap- to say God has no concern whatsoever... If I didn't do it, um, that's all that God is concerned about. It seems like there's an enormous weight from the Old Testament yep. and the and and how God worked with Israel and the prophets, even up to Jesus and the early church. The idea that you are only responsible, that God only called out individual sins when there seems to be multiple, multiple examples of collective right. responsibility. Um, it would just give me pause. Um, and I, it still gives me pause because I'll engage with people. And you talk about an idea that people are passionate about. I mean, this is a very, very strong one. I am not responsible. I didn't do this. But what it does do is, it, when that's the case, and when I withhold that, and here's what I think God clearly knows, <laughs> I think it's the heartbeat behind, is, well, even with, what, that phrase, evil prospers when good men do nothing. Right. It's not just evil prospers when evil people do evil things. Evil things. That, that, that evil prospers, in fact, if everyone just takes an individual responsibility, it's just me, then it's okay. Literally, I can look the other way. And whereas I think very few of us would just say, if I see a woman being beaten or raped and doing, and I do absolutely nothing, to say I have zero responsibility, I think we know. We do. Before In, men and God. Intuitively. Yeah. Intuitively understand. But we maintain an idea that I don't think Scripture holds, that I don't think... Logic, right? 
holds, and certainly, and you've brought this, compassion, it doesn't... Right. In other words, loving my neighbor as myself, if that is, even there, it's collective responsibilities built into that statement. In other words, it's not just that I don't hit someone, but if I'm seeing someone who's being beaten up, and I ignore it and I do nothing, I don't do what I would want someone to do for me. I don't do... <laughs> I don't protect or stand up for like I would want people to stand up for me. The very law of love itself breathes collective responsibility as well. Yeah, so there's there's places, I think, in Scripture where Jesus teaches about individual responsibility. There's a lot of parables where he talks about masters and servants and Certainly, the servant yes. that did thing. There's also a ton of places where he talks about generations and nations and collective that yeah. are responsible. And so I think maybe wrapping up this episode, yes. part of what I'm trying to figure out in this season of my life is, all right, where can I exert the individual influence that I have right. to the collective? Right. Uh, because I can't just look the other way and go, well, hey, I'm not actually, I'm not actively oppressing anyone. Right. If I see it, 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 great illustration of I see someone being beaten, I need to jump in there and do what I can right. to stop the madness, to right. stop the beating. Otherwise, I really have become the priest or the Levite that simply walks by on the yep. other side. Great. And in their mind may yep. have said, hey, I didn't do that. Yep. I didn't beat that guy up. I didn't leave him for dead. Well, you know, and Jesus clearly made, they violated the law of they love. They violated the law of love. Answering the question, who is <laughs> who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? I'll finish. Somehow we got to your T-shirt. I, I don't even know how we got there. <laughs> well, uh, he's yes. wearing a "Love Thy Neighbor" T-shirt for those of you that can't see right now. And my finish word it, w- related to that is, I think the final tension where we I'll talk about is we have to daily be seeking God about what we address. Because there is so much brokenness. Yes. There's so much brokenness in our culture. There's so much sin and wrong and injustice in our city, in our neighborhood, in our country, in our world. The only way we're going to figure things out is we've got to have God give, guide me today. I can't fix everything. I can't respond to everything. Um, but I want to listen to the voice of God. I believe the Spirit of God is going to speak to me today. And I'll sometimes just pray this thing. What am I not seeing today that you want me to see? I know God's not going to show me everything because it'd blow me away. But what do you want to show me today? What do I need to do today? What's my responsibility today? Where am I turning a blind eye today? And then I have to trust that God's going to lead me because otherwise it's too overwhelming. It is overwhelming, right? The 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 the, the, ability. volume of information and the awareness of evil at different levels is is in itself overwhelming. Yes. So, where can I individually be part of the collective good? Yeah. Where can I individually be part of the collective solution? So, wrestle with us, friends. This is, uh, gosh, this is a good episode. I'm an important episode. A convicting episode. That cut out partway through YouTube. <laughs> but for those of you that are now, well, yes, if you've been so watching for our, our video. For our listeners, you got the our whole podcast thing. listeners, you are getting bonus material that our YouTube people didn't get. They only got 40 minutes or possibly 16, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so, we'll plan to see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Don't, don't say that. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-
Batman, Batman. <laughs> We're done. I don't have to turn it off. You're probably off there. I fully expect that none of that taped.